If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Welcome back to Considering Catholicism, where we're kicking off 2024 and the third year of this ministry. Now, if you haven't yet, would you please subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast service you use, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. And would you rate and review the podcast? Um, You can write a review on Apple Podcasts if you use that, or you can go to our website and review it there. The reviews on Apple Podcasts um, influence the algorithms a bit more. And what we're trying to do is grow the podcast, grow this ministry, and become more visible in search engines. And I'd also invite you to visit the website, consideringcatholicism.com. While you're there, you'll find the archive of all the episodes that have been categorized by topic. You'll find some videos and other resources. You can send me a message or leave me a direct message through the website. You can always do that by just emailing me, consideringcatholicism at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear your stories. And I'd love to hear your questions. One of the things I'm trying to do more of in 2024 is more listener question episodes. And uh, to that end, we're trying to invest more time and resources into this podcast, which means that we're trying to raise more resources. And some of you have given so generously to that. Thank you very much. Uh, But would you consider, if you have not, supporting the podcast with a monthly or one-time donation so that we can expand and offer some new and interesting content that I think is going to help more people to grow in their faith and their understanding of the faith? There are links to support the Vision 2024 campaign on the website and in the show notes for this episode. Now, as for today's topic, uh, I hate being a negative Nelly. Like, um, remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? I don't really like being uh, pessimistic and negative. I've really started tuning out TV commentators and podcasters and YouTubers and social media influencers that you know, I think just run around like Chicken Little, you know, shouting that the sky is falling and everything is doom and gloom. Now, on the other hand, maybe I should run around like Chicken Little shouting that the sky is falling because those guys and gals that post every day about how everything is all going to hell in a handbasket, they get all the clicks. And in podcasting, like the rest of the online economy, clicks means dollars, which is... That's probably why those influencers run their shows that way. So maybe I need to think about that. But uh, really, uh, that's not what this has ever been about. Maybe I'll do an episode someday about why I, I don't really think that pessimism is the best way to meet the future. But today, I want to make a, a rare exception and not be pessimistic. 
pessimistic exactly, but realistic. Because I believe for a variety of reasons, <laughs> this is going to sound weird, but here it is, that demonic activity and spiritual warfare is going to become more blatant, more obvious within our culture in the year or the years ahead. Now, to be clear, it's always present, even when we don't pay attention to it or recognize it for what it is. And the Bible, the church, and the testimonies of the saints, they all teach us that demonic activity and spiritual warfare is a constant. But here's my concern. Within what we might call Western civilization, the influence of the church, what we might call Christendom, and that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode, but Christendom at least provided a counterbalance to demonic forces blatantly revealing themselves in civilization. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't rear their ugly heads from time to time. There's all kinds of incidents in Western history, in world history, Western history. Some of the most famous might include things like the American slave trade, the desecrations of churches and murder of clergy during the height of the French Revolution, the genocides and the perversions of the Nazis and Marxist revolutions and whatnot. All of those and many, many, many more were moments, I think, when the curtain was sort of pulled back. And hell's hatred for Christ and his truth, goodness, and beauty were made manifest for all to see on the world stage. I think that we may be entering another one of those chapters because the cultural, moral, and intellectual remnants of Christendom are being knocked out of our civilization. And that's like knocking out the load-bearing walls in your house, right? You can't knock too many out before it collapses. We're proud of the fact that we're becoming a post-religious culture. But really, that's self-delusion, because something will always fill that vacuum. As G.K. Chesterton said, when men stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. And as Bob Dylan said, or sang, you've got to serve someone. Now you can serve the Lord, you can serve the devil, but you're going to serve someone. And as our culture kicks out the load-bearing walls that Christendom had built, the post-religious vacuum is going to be filled uh, with something. And so I believe that paganism, the occult, and strange new religions are going to continue to grow amidst the ruins of Christendom in the West. And I fear that, this is the part where I'm going to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I fear that at some of the centers of power in our civilization, the places where our cultural and government elites gather and make all of their plans, I fear that these occult influences, this new paganism, are only going to become more blatant, more out there in their rebellion 
against Christ, his kingdom, and his created order. So there's my negative Nelly pessimism conspiracy theory for the day. So what can we do about this other than just run around and be all doom and gloom? Well, in the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 6, St. Paul addresses this issue directly. And bear in mind that he wrote this 2,000 years ago, so this is nothing new. But it's just as real today as it was then, and it's on display again today in many ways as it was when he wrote this during the height of the pagan Roman Empire. So here's how St. Paul describes our situation, both then when he wrote it and now. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And the first Pope, St. Peter, wrote in his first letter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12, Like a roaring lion, your adversary the devil prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Well, that's cheerful, right? Um, So what do we do? Well, the good news is that in Ephesians chapter 6, that I just read to you a moment ago, Paul doesn't just warn us. He instructs us how to prepare for spiritual battle. So let me read the verses that followed what I just read to you about how our enemies are not flesh and blood, but spiritual forces and authorities and the demonic forces arrayed against us. Here's what Paul says right after that in Ephesians 6. He says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. And with all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So, says St. Paul, we can't defeat spiritual enemies by physical means. Instead, we must equip ourselves for spiritual warfare with spiritual armor and weapons. And of all of the spiritual armor and weapons that are available to us in the church's armory, of which there are many, I'd like to focus on two prayers today that I'm recommending you learn and make use of, especially as the times that we live in get weirder and darker. Okay? The first prayer that you might or should already know, and I hope that you're using already every day, is the St. Michael prayer. It's short, but it's powerful. It's a prayer to St. Michael, who the Bible tells us is the archangel that commands the heavenly armies that will, on the day of judgment, cast Satan and his rebellious angels, the demons, into hell. And there's an interesting story about how it was written by Pope Leo XIII in the 1880s after he had been given a vision of how Satan would attack the Catholic Church in the century or so ahead, which is maybe what we're living through. And the prayer goes like this. 
Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. I strongly encourage you to memorize this prayer. It's only like 20 seconds long. And I strongly encourage you to use it daily. I personally have worked it into my daily prayer routine as a part of a set of prayers that I pray. And you can do the same thing, and you should. But there's another prayer that I want to introduce you to. It's much longer, and it's much older. It was written either by or is attributed to St. Patrick, the missionary saint who converted the island of Ireland to Christianity in the mid-400s AD, not long after the fall of the Western Roman Empire. Patrick was raised a Roman Catholic in Western Britain, probably somewhere along the coast in Wales. But when he was 16 years old, he was captured by Irish pirates that were raiding the British coast. They took him back to Ireland, where he spent six years as a slave, serving a pagan Celtic tribal chief. Now, during that time, he learned their language and he learned their customs. But after six years, he ended up escaping and he made his way back home. And when he got home, he had a vision calling him to return and preach the gospel to the pagan Celts. So Patrick went to Rome and became a priest and was commissioned as a missionary to return to the island of Ireland. And so he went. Now, Ireland wasn't uh, what we might think of it today. It was a very rough and pagan tribal culture. And what Patrick accomplished is really, in many ways, unparalleled in the history of Christian missions. Because he ended up converting a nation, not with an army or even an army of missionaries, but largely by himself. He may have had one or two companions, but just through the power of God and the force and determination of Patrick's own personality. But along the way, he faced terrible opposition from warrior chiefs and pagan druids. The warrior chiefs tried to kill him with the sword, with fire, with poison. But the druidic wizards and witches cast spells on him and they manifested demons. And of course, he was always facing hunger and cold and wild beasts and every manner of danger. But Patrick believed that the Catholic faith was true. And so in the face of the pagans' worship of nature, their worship of many gods, their worship of demons... Patrick put his trust into and he proclaimed the truth of the Holy Trinity and the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ over every created thing. This prayer is known as the Lorica of St. Patrick. If you've ever seen pictures of Roman soldiers or Roman soldiers in a movie or whatnot, you've seen what was called the Lorica that the legionaries wore. It was this kind of segmented armor that covered their whole torso from their necks down to below, halfway down the thigh. 
And St. Patrick used this prayer as his lorica, his armor against all of the opposition and spiritual attacks that he faced. Now, in English, the prayer is usually called the breastplate of St. Patrick, but I kind of like to think of it as the lorica because I imagine that big segmented armor that sort of covered him, but we'll call it the breastplate or the lorica, whatever makes you happy. But the important thing is the prayer itself. And that it is a prayer that can function as that armor of God that Paul talked about in Ephesians 6. So, it's a long prayer, so you're probably not going to memorize it, but it's widely available. You can find it in two seconds on the internet. You can get a copy in prayer books, there's prayer cards, Uh, you can print it out, put it in the notes on your phone so you can read it. I've put a copy of it in the show notes for this episode. And so it's the kind of thing you're probably going to have to read because you're not going to memorize it, but pray it regularly. Let it be part of the armor of God that St. Paul told us we should use to defend against demonic warfare, especially if the world around us keeps getting weirder. Okay? So let me read it to you. As I said, it's kind of long, but stick with me. I arise today through a mighty strength the invocation of the Trinity, through belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. I arise today through the strength of Christ's birth with his baptism, through the strength of his crucifixion with his burial, through the strength of his resurrection with his ascension, through the strength of his descent for the judgment of doom. I arise today through the strength of the love of the cherubim, in the obedience of angels, in the service of archangels, in the hope of resurrection to meet with reward, in the prayers of patriarchs, in the predictions of prophets, in the preaching of apostles, in the faith of confessors, in the innocence of holy virgins, in the deeds of righteous men. I arise today through the strength of heaven, the light of the sun, the radiance of the moon, the splendor of fire, the speed of lightning, the swiftness of wind, the depth of the sea, the stability of the earth, the firmness of rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me. God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me. From snares of devils, from temptation of vices, from everyone who shall wish me ill afar and near. I summon today all these powers between me and those evils, against every cruel and merciless power that may oppose my body and soul against incantations of false prophets, against black laws of pagandom, against false laws of heretics, against craft of idolatry, against spells of witches and smiths and wizards, against every knowledge that corrupts man's body and soul. Christ to shield me today against poison, against burning, against drowning, against wounding, so that there may come to me an abundance of reward. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, 
Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through belief in the threeness, through confession of the oneness of the Creator of creation. Amen. So, in 2024, as you arise, consider putting on the lorica or the breastplate of St. Patrick. Arise to and through the power of the Holy Trinity, the Creator of creation, and keep Christ before, behind, and beside you. Whatever weird and wicked things the world comes up with next cannot defeat us. I'll leave you with these words from St. Paul in Romans chapter 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm.